0: A really warm welcome to the teaching ministry of New Life Church Crawley. We're a multicultural intergenerational church. and We believe in the gospel of Christ. We believe in spreading his love through his word and through his works. We really hope that you enjoy what you hear today. We'd love for you to connect with us via the usual social media outlets such as Facebook or on our website.
1: together. Father we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth that brings into our life. We pray that you give me the freedom just to express what's on your heart today and we pray that you would give us ears to hear what you want to say in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Kerry's going to come and just explain the activity packs for those of you aren't familiar with what we do and then we'll get stuck in.
0: Morning everyone. So if anybody is it is on. If anyone is uh, new and um, isn't used to how we do worship, uh, the children stay in our service. We really believe in intergenerational worship. We believe that we're a family together. And so the children stay in. But we do have some activity packs. If there's anyone you don't have to be children who prefer to mm-hmm. learn while they're um, doodling or making stuff. So today we are thinking about who God is. And so, Liz, you couldn't just. Thank you. So we are going to be making a God is Our, and then it's got Master, and Healer, and Helper, and you have to cut them out and stick them on and colour them in. So that's showing you what God is, and then we've got a word search showing us that God is unchanging, and a maze that talks about how life can be a bit chaotic, but God's always in the centre of it. So that's what we're doing with our activity packs today.
1: Fantastic, thank you. Okay, so I have a question for you to, to think about and uh, get a little bit of reaction from you this morning. How do you, you react to personal change? Oh, yeah. I, I knew there would be someone like that. Kind of, oh no. it, It's like the story of the 100-year-old man and the news reporter was interviewing him, as they often do, and he, he said, oh, you must have seen a lot of change in your life. He says, yes, and I've been against every one of them. <laughs> Some people really don't cope well with change. And, and then there's other people who, who like change for change's sake. They'll change their hairstyle. Don't even start me on African ladies. Man, you confuse me. Some people change their car. Some people change their furniture. Some people change the decoration of their homes. They just like change for change's sake. Some don't cope so well. I have a friend who used to drive me insane. He used to drive me nuts. Because he was one of those people. Do you know when you thought you got something organized? And it was all agreed. It was all discussed. We had the options. We looked at the options. We discussed the options. And so I would turn up thinking we were going one place. And sometimes on the way, he would take a different route. I'm thinking, where are we going? Oh, we're not going there anymore. <laughs> now, I want you to know that uh, I've matured since then. I've grown up. I even have the grey hairs to prove it. Uh, and we're still really good friends. But that kind of last-minute changes of stuff that we planned used to drive me insane. But truth is, changing circumstances are part of life, isn't it? We, we can't stop change And in a few minutes, Ian and Liz are going to come and do a presentation to Philip and family as they prepare over the next few weeks for their move to Sheffield. Life goes on. Life doesn't stand still, does it? We can't stop change happening. Change is inevitable. But our response to it is determined by our focus. Our response to change is determined by focus. That's why in this series we're, we're looking at this whole idea. This is week three, if this is your first week with us. But this is week three of what we've been looking at. And so far we've looked at this idea that God is eternal. God is an eternal God. That's the bedrock of what we believe. He's not a man like us. He is spirit and he is eternal. And what that means is, is that we are eternally loved. That's the great news. When we look at God, we are eternally loved. We are divinely loved. That's good news this morning, folks. Last week, we looked at this idea that God is omnipotent. That means he is all-powerful. So what we have to do is respond to him in loving obedience. If there is a God and he is all-powerful, then really we have to respond in loving obedience to him. Today, we're looking at this idea that, that God is unchanging. That, that's a bedrock to our faith. That's something that we, we, we want to know deep in our hearts. Because the truth is, God desires to have a relationship with us. Right in the first book of the Bible, he said, When man had failed, when man had sinned, I'm going to send you a seed. I'm going to send you a Messiah. Genesis 3.15. Right back from there. And God promised that. And, and the whole the, the law, the Old Testament law, the Bible says that it was there to tutor us. ...until Christ came. It was there to show us... ...that actually what was in our hearts... ...was a little bit more than naughty. It was actually sinful. And it was never meant to bring us salvation. It was meant to point us to Christ. Which is why the prophet Ezekiel... ...comes and says in Ezekiel 36... ...I am going to put a new heart... ...and a new spirit in you... ...that you will be moved to obey me... ...from the inside out. Because it's not about tick box religion... It's not, all oh, I've done this, so God will let me into heaven. Or here's the, the four or five things I've done. God must let me into heaven because I'm a good person. No. The Bible says we have to be born again. And we receive that as a gift from God. We receive a new heart and a new spirit. And that was always God's intention. It was always God's intention to reach us. He's an unchanging God. And the disciples learned, Peter learned, that God is not willing that any should perish. Isn't that an incredible thought? No one has to be separated from God. God's desire is that we would be in relationship. He is unchanging. And there is a witness in the Bible of a number of things, a number of scriptures that Kerry has asked people to read out. So the references are up on screen, and Kerry's going to ask those people to, to read out. So, Psalm 55. Reading from Psalm 55, verse 19 from the Amplified Bible.
2: God will hear and humble them, even he who sits enthroned
1: from old, because in them there has been no change of heart, and they do not fear God at all. The God who sits enthroned, but actually, sometimes people's hearts are not open to God. Thank you.
2: Psalm t- 1 two, 27. But you are always the same. You will live forever.
1: God's always the same. He's consistent in his nature. He's consistent in his character.
2: Daniel 7.14 He was given authority,
1: honour and sovereignty over all the nations of the world so that people of every race and nation and language would obey him. His rule is Eternal, It will never end. His, co- His kingdom will never be destroyed. Every race, na- nation and language. That's why we love the variety that we have here.
2: Malachi 3.6 For I, the Lord, do not change. Amen.
1: And one final one that I'll be looking at today.
2: James 1 17, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the, hev- sorry, coming down from the father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows.
1: Just, just pause for a moment and think, think about that verse. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. And I just want to unpack that verse for a few minutes this morning. Because I think it says some good things to us about it, the unchanging God. Number one, the unchanging God always gives good gifts. Yes. He always gives good gifts. Because that's his nature. He is a good God. That's what he wants to do. And, and Jesus in Luke chapter 9 was, was teaching his disciples. And he said to them, don't give up when you're praying. It, it, it's that kind of famous verse, ask, seek and knock. Which actually means Keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking, because there is that persistence that's needed in our Christian life. I was explaining to someone this week, when I was a kid, uh, just uh, close to our house, before I got to my house, there was a hill. And sometimes uh, on the bike, there came to a point where you had to stand on the pedals, You couldn't sit down anymore. You had to stand on the pedals. And sometimes we have to stand on the pedals in our Christian life and persevere and push through. But God says, if you are sinful people and you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? That's the nature of God. And Jesus said, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. And he was full of compassion for people. That's why he healed. That's why he did the things he did. But even with Jesus, that that at times was challenging. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2 is, the chapter is all about warning people not to drift away from following Christ because of difficulty. The temptation was that they were facing a bit of persecution. They were thinking, well, maybe it was better when we were, huh? when we were, and sometimes we can have that attitude. And the writer of Hebrews comes and says, no, look at Jesus. Verse 10, God, for whom and through everything was made, chose to bring many children into glory. That's those who are followers of Christ. He chose us. And it was only right that he should make Jesus, through his suffering, a perfect leader, fit to bring them into salvation. Do you understand what he's saying? That it's through the suffering of Jesus, through his death, that Jesus brings us to him. And yet, our attitude to suffering, we need to gain a new theology of suffering. And it goes on to say the importance of that suffering is in context. Verse 11. So now Jesus and the one he makes holy have the same father. We have the same father as Jesus. That is why Jesus is not ashamed to call them his brothers and sisters. Just stop there for a moment and think. Jesus is not ashamed of you. If you belong to him, he's not ashamed of you. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you carry. Jesus is not ashamed of you. That's incredible. I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you among the assembled people. He also said I will put my trust in him. That is I and the children God has given me. Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood. The son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives a slave to the fear of dying. We also know that the Son did not come to help angels. He came to help the descendants of Abraham. Therefore it was necessary for him to be made in every respect like us, His brothers and sisters, so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. Then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people. Since he himself has gone through suffering and testing, he's able to help us when we're being tested. Any of you feeling tested? Any of you feel under pressure? Any of you feel as if you're suffering? You have a high priest. You have one who suffered before you. You have one who's tempted in every way like you, yet without sin. So he is your brother, and he's not ashamed to call you. He gives good gifts. Paul expresses it this way. I love the way he does this. Ephesians 1.18. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light, so that you can understand the confident hope he's given to those he called. His holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. You know, in the Bible it talks about the fact that we have an inheritance in eternity. That if we are faithful and true, we will have an inheritance in heaven. But in this particular verse, Paul is saying that we, we who are believers, we who belong to him, we are Christ's inheritance. That's an incredible thought. That Jesus suffered for us and we belong to him. He makes us holy. We are his inheritance. And that's why Jesus was confident in going to death. Because the father said, I will give you the nations as your inheritance. I think that's wonderful, Erica. That we belong to him. That we are Christ's inheritance. What a great truth. Now here's the thing and here's the challenge. Next slide. If you trust the person, you can trust the process. If you trust the person, you can trust the process. So if Jesus suffered for you, if he's not ashamed to call you his own, if he's forgiven your sins, that means you can trust him. That means you can trust the process even when you don't like it. And there are times where you won't like God's work in your life. There are times where you'll, you'll fight against it and you'll wrestle against it and you'll do the Jonah and you'll say, I'm going the opposite direction and you'll get yourself in a mess. Can't guarantee you'll end up in a fish for three days, but you will end up smelling of something and it won't be nice. But if you can trust the person because of what he's done for you, you can trust the process. He's a good good father it's who he is and I'm loved by you, it's who I am, you see the enemy will always want to come in and challenge God's goodness in your life he will always want to come in and challenge, he did it with Eve he basically said to Eve, do you know what God's holding out on you God's not giving you all that you need, there's something he's holding back from you you should challenge that And if you do, you're going to be like God. He did the same with Jesus. Do you know, if you were really God's son, why would God leave you hungry? Why would God leave you in this heat wave of the desert? I've been in the desert in Israel. Man, it's hot. You see the temperatures around the world at the minute. That's normal in the desert times. Jesus faced that and he was hungry at the end of his fasting. The goodness of God is sometimes a barrier for us yielding against the temptation when the enemy comes in. God hasn't got your back. God's not really for you. Look at what's happening. Look at the suffering. Look at how you're being tempted. Look at the circumstances. But we have to come back to the goodness of God. We have to come back to the fact that it's only in God that our needs can be truly met. Our need for significance, our need for security, our self-worth, they can't be met by the enemy. And they'll certainly not be met by the things that we do in the world. They can only be met by a good God. So even when you're facing those difficulties, trust the person and trust the process. Secondly, the unchanging God always gives good gifts appropriately. You see, even the way God gives gifts is good. We can actually translate the second clause. And every act of giving is good. Have you ever been the recipient of a gift that you wish you never got? (laughs) Has somebody ever given you something and you think, do you know what? You don't really want to give that to me. You're giving that reluctantly. And I don't just mean kids handing over stuff. As adults, we can do that. Have you ever been given a gift that's not been given with a pure or a good motive? It's like... told this story before but it never ceases to be funny when we got engaged many years ago we married 33 years in a couple of months so it was a long time ago but when we got engaged and we we opened up our presents we got a present from a couple in the church who were part of the worship team and um it was nice it was a nice (laughs) it was a nice silver salt and pepper set you know, newly married couple, you need all those practical items. So, The thing was, they have forgotten to take the label off from the person who gave them the present. <laughs> that was not a good gift given appropriately. But when God gives us a blessing, he does it in a loving and gracious manner. What he gives... And how he gives matter. And what he gives and how he gives are good. Romans 8 verses 31, 32. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Listen, I like you a lot. Some of you I even love. But I'm not giving my sons for you. Sorry, there's a limit. God gave his only son for us. Why would we think He would not graciously give us all things that He considers appropriate? Sometimes it's about our wants and our needs, and we we throw tantrums like a toddler because God doesn't answer the way we want and the time we want. But God is clear in Scripture. He graciously gives us all things because He didn't withhold His Son. Why would He withhold anything else? God is a good God. First John 3 verse 1. See what great love the Father has lavished on us. That we should be called children of God. That word lavished. I love it. It's like a super abundance. It's, it's, it's poured out. It's not just generous. It's super generous. It's lavishing. God lavishes his love on you. Do you realize that? My wife is, is prone to a little bit of toast for supper. so. yeah you know she likes supper but there's certain conditions that have to be met it's none of this margarine stuff Lorraine it's none of this I can't believe it's not butter nonsense and all that stuff when it's toast for supper it has to be butter and I'm telling you now every millimetre of that piece of toast has to be lavished and lashed and so If it doesn't come with lashings of butter, it gets sent back until there is. It has to be lashings of butter. Do you know what? God loves to pour out his love lavishly with lashings and lashings. No millimeter of our life is left uncovered. We like to be lavish sometimes, don't we? God gives good gifts constantly. Do you know the idea when it says that it comes down? It's the present tense. It's an ongoing experience. It could literally be translated, it keeps on coming down. So God's gifts for you are not just salvation in the past. It's not just the forgiveness of sins. God's good gifts for you, according to scripture, are such that it keeps on coming down. Are you thankful this morning? There's an old hymn that says, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. We need to count our blessings more. We need to be grateful for what God has done. Finally, the unchanging God always gives good gifts consistently. Why? Because it is his nature. It is his nature. Psalm 103, if you have your Bible, turn there for a moment. Psalm 103, if you're not sure where that is, you have a Bible, let it fall open. It'll fall open to the Psalms. It's the middle of your Bible. Psalm 103, verse 7. He revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. You see, Moses had an intimate relationship with God. So he knew his character. The people of Israel only saw his deeds. They only saw the outward. They only saw the external. And that's sometimes why they grumbled. Because God didn't always do what they wanted when they wanted. But Moses had got a glimpse of the character of God. And this is what he discovered. The Lord is compassionate and merciful. Slow to anger and anger. And filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love towards those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. That's the nature of God. That's God's DNA. He's loving, He's gracious, He's compassionate, He's slow to anger. But if we're honest, Sometimes that doesn't feel like our experience. It doesn't. And we can be honest with that. And the psalmist was honest. The most common psalm is the psalm of lament. Like Psalm 13. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? Will you hide your face from me? Sometimes that's our experience. But we need to redefine our experience in light of what God says. Because there's a whole book of lamentations. I would encourage you. We're not going to read it all now. But read Uh, Lamentations uh, chapter 3 it's it's 62 verses you can read it in your own time but Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet and he comes let's pick up at let's pick up at um, verse night verse 18 Lamentations 3 I cry out my splendor is gone everything I had hoped for from the Lord is lost The thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. Yet, yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh every morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. You see, we have to come back to that time and that place where God alone is sufficient for us. Where God alone is our hope. Not our circumstances, not everything working out, not getting that new car or that new job or whatever it is we've placed our hopes in. It's okay to pray for those things. In fact, the Bible says God commands that we should have all things richly to enjoy. God's not a killjoy. But in the reality of life, we all know sometimes things don't work out. Sometimes don't, things don't work out the way we expect. What are we going to do in those circumstances? We have to remember. We have to remember God's nature. We have to remember his mercies. We have to remember his faithfulness. And we have to remember that the Lord himself is our inheritance. Just as we are his. Just as we are his then he is ours. There's no shadow with the father of lights. It's impossible for God to change. He cannot change for the worse because he's a holy God. He can't change for the better because he's already perfect. He never changes as a a shifting shadow does. And when we see the sun again, (laughs) we will see and we know that shadows change. God is not like a shifting shadow. It's not when we think we have them kneeled down. There is a mystery of godliness. We're going to talk a little bit about that next week the incomprehensible God. Because do you want to worship a God you can fully understand? I don't think so. If you can fully understand him, then he's going to be a very small God, isn't he? So there is a mystery of godliness. We'll talk a little bit more about that next week. But what we can know is unchanging unchanging his nature and his character. We know the change is here to stay. The pace of change. I mean, the whole thing with AI now. Where on earth is that going to lead us? Where is that going to take us? We don't know. We know that change is part of life. And it's not only part of life. It's actually part of God's plan. Did you know that? Embracing change is part of God's plan. Hebrews 12, this is what he says. I'm going to pick up a verse 25 of Hebrews 12. Be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who's speaking. For the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses, the earthly messenger. We will not certainly escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven. When God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth, but now he makes another promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things will remain. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. For our God is a devouring fire. Folks, there's always going to be change. And in your life, things change. In church, things change. It's inevitable. It's part of God's plan. Why? Because part of God's plan is to shake everything in your life that can be shaken so that what you're hanging on to cannot be shaken. You wonder why God tests you? You wonder why God puts you through it sometimes. You wonder why there's suffering. You wonder why you, you have questions. Well ask Job. He had questions as well. He never got the answer. But he did get a new revelation of God. He got a new understanding of God. And he came to this place where he realized. That what he was receiving from God. Was the only thing that ultimately was unshakable. Your cars. Your bank balance. Your houses. You're going to leave them behind. You can't take them with you. The only thing that remains that is eternal is God's kingdom. And he wants us to get a grip of this. He wants us to understand that the shaking in your life is not because God is bad. It's not because he's against you. It's because he wants you to get to the place that what remains in your life cannot be shaken. That's why Hebrews says, don't throw away your confidence. Don't throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. I said it earlier. If you trust the person, you can trust the process. If you trust the person, you can trust the process. Can you embrace that truth today? For some of you, it may be the first time. Maybe it's the first time you've been in the church like this. Maybe it's the first time you've heard a message like this. Maybe you thought we all wore black, carried big black Bibles and were miserable. <laughs> we know some people are, but it's not a requirement to be a Christian. <clears throat> and maybe you, as you've listened today, you've said, you know what, I want to find out more about this. Because the things in my life are being shaken and I don't have anything that's permanent. I don't have anything in my life that cannot be shaken. Well, I can introduce you to, today to the person who can Who can make your life unshakable even in the face of what's shaken. If you'd love to talk to us over lunch today, I have some literature. I'd love to talk to you. I'd love to pray with you. If you want to find more about saying yes to the one who is unshakable today, then please talk to me. For others, I want you to come back to this truth. I want you to come back to this truth that God is unchanging. Romans 8 verse 28 29 says that in all things God works for the good of those who love them. Folks, not all things are good. Not all things are good. But God works in all things for the good of those who love them. What is that good? Verse 29 says it. That we might be conformed to the image of His son. God is working in your life to make you more like Jesus. So when you prayed for patience... That's why he sent those people into your life. When you prayed for more love. That's why he sent those people into your life. Because he wants you to have those things that are unshakable. He is working for your good. How do I know that? Because he is good. Because he is good. Father we thank you. That we can trust you. And we can trust the process. We can trust everything that you're doing in our life. Because you are the Alpha and Omega. (laughs) You are the beginning and the end. And we bless your name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to do some announcements. uh, Before we'll have our final song and have an opportunity to eat together. So if you are a guest here, uh, we welcome you. Uh, Thank you for being with us today. We hope you can stay for lunch. If you're online uh, and you're in Crawley, feel free to come for lunch. Otherwise, we'll eat your portion. (laughs) We're glad to have you. You should have received the welcome pack. And in that welcome pack, there will be a little card. You can give us your details. Uh, I usually follow up sometime within 24 hours. Send you a little text or email just to say hi, welcome. And you can follow up uh, with us. Uh, we'd love you to join us. join us. We'd love you to be part of us. You can also do that online, Uh So for those who are regulars or for those who are visitors, uh, you can fill in the contact form on that. We have a number of things going on over the summer, and we have a number of leaflets. Kerry, would you uh, grab the summer events leaflets, please? If you haven't already had one, and you're looking for things to connect over the summer, um, just put your hand up. We have a number of events that are happening. We've had uh, the Cosmic Comets Barbecue already. Today's the meal. Our summer picnics start on Wednesday. So we have a little leaflet if you haven't already had one from last week, then just put your hand up in the air, and Kerry will come and give you one, and you can find out more information of all the things that are going on. As we said, we do have food afterwards. If you haven't come prepared for that, then Philip has brought his box of jollof rice. What about the chicken gizzards? No. <laughs> You're safe, Ryan. There are no chicken gizzards in sight so we're going to have a great meal together please stay if you can so we mentioned the the summer picnics so what we wanted to do over the summer is on Wednesday mornings just gather families or people who just want to connect over the summer summer can be a long lonely time for people so if you want to connect we're meeting on Wednesday mornings there'll be a movie, there'll be some games there'll be craft Um, there may even be some sun along the way we can't guarantee that though And we will be having a picnic lunch. So if you could let Kerry know um, by text or by signal or something, it will help us with catering numbers um, because you haven't got the book for that. Um, But it is useful for us to know if you're coming. Everyone's invited. Um, A lot of the the mums from Little Stars with the younger kids are coming, but they often come with their older kids as well. So feel free to come whatever age you are. Thank you. As many of you will know, at the end of uh, August, we're, we're heading up to London to uh, the God Loves You Tour from the Billy Graham Association. Franklin Graham uh, will be preaching at the Excel Center. So we have a coach. You need to book your place on that coach. We have a number of people who are not connected to the church who are already booked on because they've seen the advert. So you can scan this QR code. If you want to do that now and begin to book, you can. Um, once the places are gone, you can take your car or walk it, whatever you want to do. Once it's booked, it's booked. So you can scan that. It's also on the front page of the website if you want to do that. Book your place while you remember uh, because if you forget, the places may go and you won't be able to book. A couple of uh, additional things. Uh, giving. Giving. One of the things we encourage people to do every week is to give as part of their worship. Um, We believe it honors God. We believe it's right to do. It allows us to do things like the summer picnic and be a blessing to our community. So we encourage you to give. There's a number of ways you can do that. There is an envelope at the back. If you pay gift aid, anything you give, please uh, sign it and we can reclaim that back from the government. It's an extra 25% on whatever you give. Even if you can't give, it, uh, give by gift aid, then there is a form there. You can also use the QR code that's on the screen. Same with folks online, you can give online as well. There's lots of ways that you can give. If you have a heart to give, then we encourage you to do that. Verse in Proverbs I read this morning, there's one who makes himself rich yet has nothing. And so often if we, if we build our lives on acquiring things, What do we end up with? Nothing. Nothing. (laughs) So Jesus said, make sure you have treasures in heaven. And he did that in the context of what you give and what you give to God. So that's why we believe in giving and we encourage you to do that. Ian and Liz are going to come. So they'll need the handhelds. There you go.
2: Good morning, church. Um, Can I ask Philip and family to come and join us at the front, please? Come
1: on, you know who you are if you're a family.
2: Okay great. Now today uh, for me and Philip I know (laughs) uh, is a really emotional day because it's uh, a time of change which Dave has been preaching on and we want to pray our blessing on this dear family, Philip, Amara, Sophie, Jonathan and Jesse. And although we are gathered here to say farewell to this dear family, we thank God for so many precious times that we've spent with them here at New Life. We're excited for them, (laughs) really excited as they move into new adventures with God and they're moving on to Sheffield. We absolutely love this family so dearly and their presence has brought so much joy to us in this fellowship. So I wanted to pick out just a few short highlights of the ways in which they've been so precious to us. And I'm going to start with a really precious memory that for many of you will have also experienced. And it's when the children prayed for us just a few weeks ago. It touched our hearts so much and was so special. And that's a memory that for me will live with me for a very long time, if not forever. And it's been such a joy, Philip, emotional saying it, to see the children grow and flourish. And we know God has really great plans for them. Philip and Amara also have brought us much joy. We can recall meeting Amara on Zoom initially. <laughs> Do you remember that, Amara? <laughs> And it was all through the COVID season, and yet God brought us together. And it's so good when we finally met her and could fellowship in person. And remember their wedding here, their celebrations? Oh, what joy that brought to us here. What a wonderful time. And just to see them together here with the children as a family just really touches my heart. Now, Philip, you will know, is always so smart. (laughs) He really takes great pride in his appearance. So in honour, Ian has also really dressed up this morning. (laughs) This is just for you, Philip. (laughs) And Philip just makes us smile so much. We've shared so many precious times with him. We've appreciated his servant heart, just demonstrated in so many ways. We've been meetings at his home that he's hosted. You've already heard about the chicken gizzards this morning. (laughs) That's kind of what Philip's become famous for, serving those at a men's meeting. Ian recalls that very vividly, don't you?
0: (laughs) Yes, I do. (laughs)
2: We've seen Philip serving here in the church building. He's been part of the tech team, playing the drums this morning. Wasn't that a treat to have Philip playing again, uh, singing? We've heard his booming voice suddenly appear. <laughs> hey, don't let us down. That's great. Um, helping visitors find seats. I mean, so many ways, and so such a heart to give and to serve, and so. As a church, it's just a token, but we want you to know how much we love you, so... This gift bag here is for you as a family to enjoy, so there's something in there that everybody will be able to enjoy, and just remember our love to you. And this is just a little extra gift. Sophie, you will know, has been part of the tech team and has served so beautifully. Thank you so much, Sophie. And now we'd like the opportunity, if you could all stand, we're going to pray for this dear family and pray God's blessing upon them as they move into a new season, a new chapter, and a time of change.
1: David, if you could come forward as well with Kerry. Bev, if you'd like to as well. Lorraine, we pray for them all at once.
0: Dear God, we thank you for this precious family and all that they have meant to us here at New Life. We pray that as they move to Sheffield and begin their next chapter with you, that you will protect and guide them. Please direct them and help them to settle into the new things that lay before them. Please help Sophie, Jonathan and Jessie to settle quickly into their new schools and to make good, strong friendships. Please give wisdom and direction to Philip and Amara as they care for the children and their new baby. As a family, may they find a church family where they can serve you, grow in faith and flourish. We pray for your abundant blessing on each one of them. In your name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope that you enjoyed the teaching. We'd love to hear from you, so please contact us. All the details can be found on our website. God bless.